tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC. I think um, Andrew Stokes, known as Vern, can reflect on a job really well executed there. I've never heard three cheers resound so loudly in an open space. I, I was the wrong person to ask the commentator on this. I'm actually in tears. I mean, that, oh, was, that was really amazing. And you saw the Yeoman of the Guard saluting the King as he went back into Buckingham Palace. And we will see the King and Queen shortly alongside working members of the royal family on the balcony. And we still have a tri-service military fly past with 68 aircraft filling the skies above. But as far as the ground is concerned, the job that these 4,000 have done and the role they have played is almost complete. And now got to pick up their, their weapons. There you go. And not let their bearskins fall off. They can't look down. Well done. So, Gravel, overall, what would your reflections be on, on what you've seen of the coronation procession? Well, we, we've talked about the scale of the parade. Um, because it is big. It's the biggest thing I've seen in, in, in my time, and I was serving, as you said earlier, for 34 years. Um, but I think it's the, the delivery of the most extremely complex military operation, because that's what it was. It was a military operation delivered to perfection. Um, and a wonderful, wonderful tribute to our king. And, and, and finally, Claire, it just makes you proud to be British.
Well, most of these servicemen and women have been on the go since 3.30 this morning when they left their bases to take the train to London and nearly, what, nearly 11 hours later, they will now disperse. They will head back by train to those bases and they can be very proud of the part they have played in a procession that truly was fit for a king and a queen. and David are still with me. We could hear those three cheers from inside our studio, which is on the other side of the palace wall. It was, it was quite a roar. And I, I noticed, um, Robert Hartman, that it, there was a, a sigh from the king, a yeah. sigh of pleasure, a sigh of admiration, maybe a mixture of both. I, I think you're absolutely right, Cassie. I, I saw it was, it was, a, sort of, it was a, a, a very fond uh, reflection, I think, of a very proud commander-in-chief just thinking, you know, uh, it, it, we've got here. You know, this is, he's, he's been as, as following all these rehearsals for, for weeks now and all the preparations for what is a first. I mean, this has not happened at a coronation before. The, the, the garden hasn't been used as a parade ground like that before. Maybe this is the shape of things to come. Who knows? It's a new reign. But he, 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 was, he loved it. I mean, he absolutely loved that. Important to remember, too, that King Charles trained as a military jet pilot. He studied at the Royal Naval College at Dartmouth. He's to fly military helicopters, David Olashoga. So this is, you know, for him it is not just a ceremonial role. He has worked with these people, he respects these people, he understands these people. I think it shows the deep connections between the, the monarchy and the armed forces. I think just at the ceremony, I think, reminded us of the deep historic connections between the royal family and the church. Now, I'm sure there is relief. Now the ceremony is over, now that the day has been done, there's lots of questions and lots of analysis about what does this tell us about Britain, what does it tell us about the place of the monarchy in Britain, about the differences between modern Britain and many of these institutions, religious and military. And also you had every, all his regiments, uh, the army were there, every, every part of the armed forces was there in front of him. He probably won't see anything quite like that um, for many years, if indeed again. I think as, as a monarch, as a commander-in-chief, that's such a strong thing. And he has, as, as we were hearing earlier. I mean, he's played such a part. I mean, he was a, a, at university. He first learned to fly in a chipmunk. With a, he wanted to have a, a, a Welsh instructor as, as about to be Prince of Wales. They couldn't find one that was available. They got a, a Kiwi in called Philip Pinney. Taught him to fly in a chipmunk. He got his wings. Then he went into the Navy. As we heard earlier, he's done his parachute jump with the paras. And, and he's... When the happy singer doesn't look happy. You were singing happy and you weren't happy. And the praise singer doesn't get the praise from the judges. I don't like it at all. You should know there is tension building up. This week on Cues and Lyrics, contestants are tasked to sing Ghanaian songs. Who takes over from Trey Gunn as star performer for the Freestyle Challenge? Trey Gunn was tops this evening. Which of these contestants has impressed you so far? Don't forget to vote for that favorite. Bash short code star 711 star 60 hash. Cues and lyrics is on Joy Prime this and every Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Join us celebrate our great Ghanaian musicians. Cues and lyrics. Bring on the music. Cues and lyrics. Sync tank. A strong. 
tough. Joy Prime, your ultimate experience. Supernatural Empowerment Summits 2023. Meet the Revivalists, the heads of global denominations and the Kingmakers. This year, in Archbishop Charles Ogenesari's 40th year in a miracle ministry and the third Supernatural Empowerment Summit, expect life-changing insights for ministry and impartation for the next level. Host and speaker, Archbishop Charles Ogenesari. Other speakers from Ghana, Dr. Robert Ampiakofi, Apostle Eric Nyamiche, Reverend Dr. Stephen Wengam, and also Bishop Joseph Imakando, Zambia, Bishop Joseph Matera, USA, Apostle Yves Castanou, Congo, Apostle Abraham Gaji, Côte d'Ivoire. Date, Monday 22nd to Friday 26th May 2023. Time, evening session, 5.30 p.m. daily. Morning session, 8.30 a.m. daily start on Tuesday. Venue, Perez Dome, Jolu Junction, Apar Ghana. Contact, plus 233-548-633-650. Or www.scsummits.org. Supernatural Empowerment Summit 2023. We've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation. Focused oh no, we are out of range. Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alexa in my bag. Alex, what? Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits Radio, Radio. Joy 99.7. Listen to Joy FM. Hits FM, Love FM, live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying, Alexa, play and then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. On air. And we are back like we never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. Any minute now, we'll see. We'll see the, what it means to, to both parties. Yes, yeah, David. There, there is, I think, six thousand uh, media people here representing uh, broadcasters from twenty-two countries on six different continents. This is a version of Britain, and I appreciate entirely what you're saying. This is not something we do often, but it is something that is watched by people around the world, and people appear still to be pretty interested in it. Is that fair? I think a spectacle like this, I think a ceremony of this lineage, is absolutely fascinating to people all around the world. You can see that by the scale of media interest. Um, I think I get worried when people say that this is somehow enhances Britain's position in the world. I think people are interested. I'm not quite sure it does perform the soft power um, purpose that many people suggest. But it's certainly something which people are fascinated about and associate with Britain. Okay. For now, both of you, thank you so much. It's been so interesting to talk to you. Um, I think Anita Rani is still on the mall. She is amongst those crowds. Anita. Thanks, Kirsty. I am still on the mall, and I'm with Emma May Miller, who is a young ambassador for the Prince's Trust. Emma May first met the King when he presented you with the Young Changemaker Awards. Yeah. High five on that. <laughs> uh, how was that experience? Um, I guess life-changing. Um, being presented with such a big award with 
the king giving it to me, it was completely surreal and all I did was cry the entire time because it was just like shock that how how did I how did I manage to get this? What like why am I being recognised? Yeah, it was just I've I've no words for it. It's just completely crazy. And then you met him again. And then I met him again. And he remembered you. <laughs> and he remembered me. I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, but your involvement with the Prince's Trust started because you were supported by it, weren't yeah. you? Tell me about that experience. Um, so in January of 2020, I started receiving support from my youth development league, Ewan. Um, it was identified that I was in a really bad place. Um, so I did one of the programmes called Explore, which is all about finding confidence, learning to be yourself, um, building self resilience um, yeah so I really you were a young carer weren't you yeah. and so, you suffered with quite severe anxiety yeah so growing up being a young carer and also um, struggling with social anxiety disorder um, I was at a point where I wasn't leaving my room um, I wasn't able to have friends I didn't have any hobbies I had no life um, and I was stuck in my room 24-7 and how did being supported by the Princess Trust change that for you? Um, it gave me the realisation that I can do anything. I just need to push myself out of my comfort zone a little um, and push myself to just be me, really. Just let my personality show. And how are you now? I do lots of different events. I'm a young ambassador for Princess Trust, um, so I get to attend so many events and meet lots of different people um, and, yeah, getting to enjoy my life. And from someone who couldn't leave their room to now being on national telly. On national telly. so confident <laughs> and so brilliant. Emma May, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm delighted now to be joined by Anton de Berg and a very well-known face from Dragon's Den at Deborah Meadness. Also, you're so nice of you to take the time to join us. Uh, what do you make of all that? Deborah, what a spectacle. What a spectacle. And, and you know what? I was a bit worried this morning because it was raining, know. you know, but it hasn't made any difference. It's kind of made it even more British. We're very good at weather, aren't we? I think that's true. And of course, the last coronation, I'm choosing to look upon this positively because the last coronation 70 years ago, it was unseasonably cold and wet. Mm -hmm. And we had this very historic and wonderful rain. So, Anton, I'm taking this as a good omen. I think, it's a, I think you're right to do so. It turned out <laughs> rather well in 19. 1953, and it's. Uh, I think it's been a wonderful spectacle, a wonderful day. Uh, the moment I was watching it on television, I was in the car on the way up, and I was watching on the phone. And the moment where he said, "God save the king," yes. out loud, I had a moment. Did you? I, 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 I was just on my, and I, I literally welled up. It was, but it was out of the blue, like this. Wow, and it was in, it's incredible, and it's interesting to still feel this way about it. I find that sort of fascinating. That we were talking about it being an ancient uh, tradition, yes, etc., yeah. and all this, but still, it resonates so strongly, certainly with me. Um, and the pomp and the ceremony, and all the armed forces are out, and everybody's there. and and everybody, the three cheers you spoke about earlier. But I find it just really, really emotional, and <laughs> I, I love it. Deborah, it's a really interesting thing, because of course, quite legitimately, it won't resonate with everybody. There'll be some people for whom it's a complete turn-off, but the people 
but it does mean something to you. It does get you right there. It does, but, but I think even if you're not particularly strongly royalist, the community, the coming together of all these people in the pouring rain, you know, the camping out the two nights before, there's something lovely about a nation coming together. And, you know, what a joyous moment to celebrate. As I say, whether you're a strong royalist or you're not a strong royalist. Uh, also maybe at a time when we have less and less community because people are in their silos. They're mm. listening to their music. They're watching their television programs. Everything is sort of fed to us. In a sense, the community where we can all come together and agree on something it's feels rare. good. Yeah. On Monday, you, you, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about was the big help out, because this is part of the push of this coronation weekend. We've got a bank holiday on Monday. Um, the king is interested in people not just sitting on their backsides and eating coronation chicken and coronation quiche. He wants them to go out and volunteer. And, and, and as a legacy piece, not just on Monday, you know, okay. sort, of, sort of forever. So, so this so is the Kickstarter for it. Absolutely. It's called The Big Help Out. Um, and we have so far about 1,200 businesses already signed up. Huge organisations through to tiny organisations. Uh, we're expecting 6 million people to volunteer in something. Um, and there is a, there's a platform that you can go on to and say, I'm, that's what I really want to do in my local area. And you, you've got charities are on the platform. They can say, these are the type of projects that you can support. So it's really about getting people involved because volunteering is very good. It doesn't just do fantastic good. It's good for the soul. It's good for the mental health. It kind of gets you involved in things. Do you think there are a proportion of people who might want to help, but they don't know where to begin? Because they don't know if they get it right. They don't know how many hours they'd have to give up. They'd don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. I don't know if they'd really enjoy it, and then if they gave up, would they feel terrible, because then it's a failure. You know, there are little bits of resistance in all of us. I think you're absolutely right, but also I think that's why businesses had to get involved, because businesses need to be able to say, you shouldn't take time off. You okay. know, and not only that... Will businesses say that? Well, well, my businesses are, yes. Okay. So, so, and they are, clearly, because there's 1,200 businesses that signed up to do it, and okay. also show showing people, you know, go onto this platform and you can choose what you want to get involved in because the things that you love might not mm. be the things that I love, the thing, you know, get me fired up. So I think it's a wonderful way of saying on this platform, you're going to find something you really care about, you know, and, and once I think you start volunteering and getting involved and you feel that difference that you're making, you know, that, I think that's really important to all of us, isn't it? Well, a little bit means so much. That's the thing. You don't have to feel that you're going to have to commit swathes of time to this. You can just 
do a bit, but it means so much. It, you give, by doing a bit, you give so much. And I think that's the most important thing. And often with these things, just getting started, and then you, you'll end up building on it yourself anyway. Anton, when you are, as my granny would have said, such a well-kent face, when you are on such a big <laughs> show, you will get asked very, very often lovely to granny. help out with... She was a lovely granny. To, uh, to help out with this and that, and can mm. you lend your time? You know, the, yeah. the, what to both of you, of course, the request must come in all the time. How do you choose what to get involved with? Well, it's... Uh, I'm, 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 I'm happy to do anything, really. I'm sort of like that. And it's always a, a time thing. If I can do it, I'm happy to do it. And that's always been my attitude about the whole thing, really. Because, um, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people are very specific about various charities or one thing that yes. they're going to be involved in, which is great. But I think, again, as I said before, I just try and do what I can. If, if a little bit of what I... If I do something and it helps, then that's... You know, that means everything. Well, and you know I'm how many sure. million people are watching this. All yeah. the charities. Right absolutely now. no time. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that, but that's the key, really. Just a, oh, I like to... If you can, you As will. my granny used to say, I like to spread myself out. Right, so the grannies are getting a little shout-out today, aren't they? Why, should, why shouldn't they? Wise ones. Um, let's talk a little bit about partnerships, because you're a man who knows a lot about partnerships. Mm. You know, dance partnerships, yeah. how partnerships work, the chemistry. One of the things that we notice about the king and queen is they do a lot of things together. Yes. The chemistry is interesting there. What, well, what they, they, I, it, it's a lovely relationship to watch. Uh, uh, they are... King, queen, they are husband, wife, they are best friends and they are soulmates. And they're interested in each other and what each other are interested in. And it's, it's just, it, I think it's a one, I think they're a wonderful couple. I, I find them quite romantic, really, a little bit throwback, I know. Uh, maybe that's just me, maybe that's just what I feel today. But it's, I think it's a lovely, a lovely couple. I think they're a, can you say that about the king and the queen? They're yeah. a lovely couple. I think you can. I think they are. And I, if ever two people were made for each other, it's those two. Well, Deborah Meaden and Anton de Burke, thanks for telling us about the big help out on Monday. And it's lovely for you both to give up some of your time on this wonderful coronation day. Real pleasure to see you. Amazing Joy thing to, to be here. here. Thanks yeah. for asking. Thank you. Uh, we can take a little look at uh, the crowds moving down the mall as we saw that there are certainly plenty of them. And there they come, coming from... Well, we would imagine not just from the sides of the Mall, where they have been watching the parade, watching the royal carriages go by, but also from the big parks in London, in uh, St. James's Park, and also at Hyde Park, where there have been huge screens displaying all of the day's proceedings from that extraordinary solemn service that we saw in the Abbey to... Uh, well, the unbridled joy, and you, sir, look very good in that suit. Wherever you got it from, it was money well spent. And there we are, king and queen, not the only ones with crowns today. Looking magnificent, enjoying his moment. That'll be posted within seconds, I would say, to his many thousands of followers. And there we see the huge police operation that has allowed all of these, probably tens of thousands, I expect, of people who have thronged into the mall to happen safely without any incidents. There she is filming it for years to come. And she'll show her children. She will say, I was there. The scenes are remarkable. I think the rain has truly stopped now. And maybe some of those soggy cagoules are starting to, uh, starting to dry out. And we are hoping that in a matter of maybe 15 minutes or so, we shall have 
the royal family, the king and queen, appearing on the balcony at Buckingham Palace, accompanied by other working members of the royal family, and that they will enjoy a fly-past. Now, due to the weather, we had been planning, the long-term planning, was for a seven-minute fly-past, but we think due to the low cloud and the adverse conditions, it's more likely to be a fly-past of around about two to three minutes. It's going to be helicopters and uh, the Royal Air Force acrobatic team, so that is something to look forward to. There's certainly been plenty to look at today, not least the wonderfully smart outfits, the robes, the uniforms, and joining me now with their expert eye for such things is the English fashion accessories designer, I actually say British, <laughs> British fashion accessories designer, Anya Hindmarsh, and once again, India Hicks is here. Thanks both for taking the time to join us. It has been, Anya, a feast for the senses. In terms of looking at what was worn today, what caught your eye? has to be the Queen Consort, I think. I think she looked absolutely spectacular. And I think all the stories and the, the meaning behind her outfit was really, really uh, moving, actually. So this was a Bruce Oldfield design gown, and it yeah. was very much a gown. And would you say there are sort of rules to be followed when you are making a gown for something as significant as this? Well, it is an historical gown. It's immediately going to you know, be a moment in history. And so absolutely it needs to be safe. It needs to be um, sort of comfortable. It needs to be respectful. I think it needs to be a nod to all the traditions. It has the lovely embroidery on it, which represents the four nations. Um, so it's a very special thing. And, um, and no one better, really, than Bruce, who is um, a trusted uh, person to, to make the gown. Explain that to me, then. What, what does it take from somebody who is a couturier to make something that can work throughout the day because you've got to be able to get up and down steps and in and out of carriages and sit comfortably and not look like you're trussed up like a, a Christmas turkey. What does it take in skill to make a gown like that? Well, I think comfort matters and, yes. and not creasing, all those really obvious basic things that matter, especially in this sort of weather. Um, but I think, um, I think also someone you know who you've worked with before so that you, actually, you feel yourself as well. I think that's very important on the day. Uh, he has an amazing history as well, actually, Bruce Oldfield. He's um, dressed many royals and actually also is a real inspiration, actually, with having been brought up in a Bernardo's home and actually really um, having been inspiration to people who've come from sort of humble beginnings. So it's a really lovely story as well. Yes, because he has had a long and very storied career, but this surely must be the point at which he says... I've reached the top. Today is a day to breathe out for Brazilfield. <laughs> I think he deserves it, actually. I He's think... a thoroughly nice man. Um, India, what did you make of, of the, the beautiful stuff that we saw today, particularly in the Abbey? I thought it was very reassuring because I think there's been much discussion about we're going to lose some of our pomp and circumstance and pageantry and the fact that the, the dukes and a number of the peers have been invited not to wear their ermine robes. Uh, but I don't think we missed that at all. I think we saw everything to perfection. Penny Morden standing there, not only with that historic sword clutched to her chest, but also her headpiece, which was made by Jane Taylor Millinery, and I actually wore a hat by her for the Queen's funeral. So again, it's lovely to see these British brands coming out. Uh, I'm wearing something by, called Susanna of London, and the Duchess of Edinburgh also was wearing something made by this brand to the ground. I loved seeing the long again. But the Queen's coronation everybody was in long that was the trend obviously the king's coronation before that everyone was in long so it was lovely to see uh, the princess of wales and the duchess of Edinburgh in long the formality of these events do you think i mean you know we had lockdown everybody was in elasticated waistbands and trainers <laughs> what we saw today is another way of being is that formality people i mean more generally are not required to get this dressed up but do, do you think events like today help to promote that idea that actually it's terribly nice sometimes to really make the effort. 
Yes, I think it is. I, oh, I think definitely. And I think Jamie Oliver said to you earlier about ma- minding your P's and Q's when you're around His Majesty. Uh, and I think that, that there needs to still be a sense of that, a few P's and Q's. I, I think uh, our Princess of Wales gets it absolutely right, where she is so beautifully dressed in a, often a high street brand that we can all understand and, and feel inspired by. And it's attainable. That's a brilliant balance that we're seeing now. And yet, she looks absolute perfection every time. Yes, let's talk for a moment, why don't we, Anya, about the Princess of Wales? Because we saw her today wearing this Dame Grand Cross robes as the other uh, immediate members of the royal, female uh, members of the royal family, where underneath it, she was wearing an Alexander McQueen gown. I'm wondering if on the balcony we might get a right good look at that, because I'd <laughs> like a right good look at it. And very interestingly, quite a contemporary trend of her daughter Charlotte, aged eight, wearing precisely the same thing as mum, but just a child's version of it. Very much the, the mini-me, which is actually rather charming. And I think, the uh, again, the beautiful workmanship, the craftsmanship. And actually, craft is really important. I think that's at the heart of British fashion. We mustn't forget the craftsmen. They are the heroes, I think, of fashion in so many respects. And the embroiderers, the amazing gold bullion thread. I mean, it's really special work that just takes many hands and many, many days. Hats, of course, are a complete nightmare for most of us. You know, if we have to go to something when we have to wear a hat, it's not often a great moment. And we saw today a different interpretation, not a tiara, not a hat, but the Princess of Wales was wearing... It did look elaborate, but in an entirely appropriate way. What, what did you make of it? So it's a rather lovely headpiece by Jess Collett, actually, who, um, in fact, was actually her, her business was funded initially by a fund from the Prince's Trust. Oh, wonderful. It's a really nice sort of full circle moment. Um, and I think a nod to a fresh new start of the monarchy and very much, I think, out of respect for our new king, who is... Um, I think requested no tiaras and loves, obviously, has a passion for nature uh, and sustainability in the environment. So I think it's very much out of respect to him. Yes. Uh, India, just briefly, what did you make of those headpieces? I thought they were quite stunning on both the little princess. I thought that, I thought it was mother. so appropriate, and Anya said it beautifully. There was that moment as the king and queen got into that incredible state carriage where you thought, are they going to lose the crown? Are we going to have a crown <laughs> rolling off? But they did it brilliantly, and there must have been quite a lot of practice on that. Talking about creasing... You know, my own experience of coming down the mall was, was Princess Diana's wedding train. Which when you were a bridesmaid, of course. Yeah. And, of course, you can practice so much, and they had practiced with the bridesmaid, and we'd done that in the Abbey. But once she got into that coach, nobody anticipated how much material there was going to be. She had her quite large father, and so when she got out the other end, it was a nightmare. As Annie has pointed out, you've got to anticipate the creases. You're both very strict and I like it. (laughs) So many rules, so many things to think about. Thank you so much for your expert analysis. That was really interesting. Let's uh, find out how spirits are on the mall. Anita Rani is still there. Anita. I am still here, Kirsty. I think you said that the rain had stopped about five minutes ago. I can confirm that it's still very much raining here down on the mall. The crowds are trickling down now. Can you imagine how packed it is at the front? I'm joined by Jan Hugo. Jan is a royal memorabilia collector and possibly one of the biggest royal fans on the planet because, Jan, you have travelled all the way from Australia we did. to be here. We did. How's your day been? Has it been worth the travel? Um, it was a 30-hour trip, so I had to sort of weigh it up, but, yeah, I think the King's won. Yes. I mean, what was it like being here? Oh, amazing. Like, the atmosphere is just out of this world. I don't even know how to describe it. It's the best thing I've ever done in my life. And you will have it forever now. I know. I know. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Tell me about your memorabilia collection. How many pieces have you got? Oh, more than 10,000 now. I gave up counting. I just... I don't know. Where do you keep it all? All through the house. We live in a museum. 
How do your kids feel about that? Oh, they just think I should be locked up somewhere. It's not normal. So tell me about some of your main pieces. What are your favourites that you've got? Oh, there's some beautiful Queen Elizabeth pieces, um, things I'll treasure now that she's no longer here. Uh, lots of music boxes from Diana, lovely pieces from her. Um, really old pieces, Queen Victoria, things way back to George III. So I can't pick a favourite, there's too many. And how much shopping have you done since you got here? Okay, I bought an empty suitcase with me. Of course you did. So that is full. I've sent three boxes home. Three boxes? Three boxes home. Already. Yep. And the palace sent a big box as well. How much money have you spent? Too much. David's having kittens. Uh, but your, your, hus <laughs> your husband's off camera, so we're not mentioning it. He's hiding in the corner somewhere. Well, look, because you've travelled all this way, I've got something just for you that not, oh. not many people will have. Nobody else okay. can buy this in the shops. Jan, just for you. Another bit of memorabilia. Oh, thank you back. so much. It'll oh. go in the cupboard with all the rest. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you, It's Jan. been a wonderful day. Thanks Here for having go. us. Just for you. Thank you. My script. Yes, I'm going to keep that. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks, Anisha. Well, as we await the appearance of the newly crowned King and Queen on the balcony of Buckingham Palace, I'm joined now by Air Commodore John Lyle and Robert Hardman is back with us. Um, now, this fly past. It's not an ideal day for it, John, is it? T tell, us, tell us the complications of trying to stage something that is as important in terms of people's safety as it is for the spectacle on a day like today. Well, as you mentioned, the, the original aspiration was to have 68 aircraft for a mixture of World War II aircraft, rotary wing helicopters, fast jets, all flying in different formations. And that's incredibly complex. So it takes an awful lot of planning. And it, it also means you need to make sure you get all those aircraft together uh, in a safe place, which is over the North Sea. And therefore, the plan had been for all the aircraft to join up into a long train of the different formations uh, as we flowed in from over the North Sea. And to do you need and unfortunately today that's don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly because no matter what moves you made last year TurboTax makes them count that means getting one hundred dollars back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax must file by 331 credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service offer can be modified or terminated at any time if you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. What's conspired against us. So we've had to take a very difficult decision to remove some of the aircraft from the fly past. We're, we're so pleased that we've got the helicopters and the Red Arrows, 
but uh, unfortunately we haven't managed to deliver as much as we would like because of the need to stay safe. Well, that's most important for everybody, of course, and I think everybody appreciates that. I think it is remarkable, given how unpredictable the weather is and how low the cloud is, that we are going to see a fly-past at all. Uh, Robert Hardman, you're looking forward to it? We do love a fly-past. We, we, we love a fly-past. These things happen. I mean, if you think back to the, 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 the Queen's Diamond Jubilee, I mean, I think it had to cancel the fly-past then over the river because of the weather, but I think... Ah. Right, well, all I can hear right now is the most massive cheer behind me. So there is the reason. We have King Charles III and Queen Camilla in the Imperial State Crown and Queen Mary's Crown waving to the thousands of people who are thronging the Mall, who have braved the rain and are here to witness an historic moment. And we see there the pages who behave very well, getting a moment that will stay with them for the rest of their lives, and also Queen Camilla is joined by the two ladies in attendance who helped her with her train and doubtless steadied the nurse too this morning as she was getting ready. A wave to the crowd and the crowd waves back. Robert Hardman, I believe, as a very young prince, was it aged just two mm -hmm. that Charles made his first balcony appearance? Yep, it was 1951, um, and he was he was two, and uh, he he came out. Uh, they normally wait till you're sort of two or three. Or the Queen came out as a baby in arms, but there we are. This is this is uh, the rest of the the family joining, and now the working family. It's quite interesting. We're seeing there always who still undertake. Uh, engagements, regular engagements, and their children. Um, but I mean, this, this is such an important moment because this is the first time he has led the family out as king. He's been on that balcony, as you say, Kirsty, since he was tiny. Um, he can just about remember the coronation balcony moment, and ever since then he's been seeing these scenes. But you know, he's leading them today. He's the one they're here to see. He does look relaxed. He's taking it all in, and it must be quite a scene to be on the receiving end of. And when you say working members, I mean, obviously we've got children there, we've got the pages uh, today, some of them better known faces than others. Take people through the working members of the royal family. The, the working members, they're the ones who, who um, appear each day in what we call the court circular. There we see the, the new Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh there, Prince and Princess of Wales there. Then the pages, who the King's pages, the Queen and, and her pages uh, there to her left. But it's, it's the... the this is, this is sort of, in a way, recognising those who, whose day-to-day -day job is supporting the monarchy. Uh, they are, you know, the, the King's of the Sun, the Prince, Prince, Princess of Wales, and uh, Princess Anne, of course, the Princess Royal, the Duke and Duchess of Edinburgh. And also, it's nice to see there the, the elder cousins, as the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester, Princess Alexandra, the Duke of Kent. They still play a part in this sort of broader... Uh, royal frontline unit, if you like. Um, it, you know, they may not make their headlines every day, uh, but they're still there. They've got their patronages, and and the king feels a great uh, debt of gratitude to them. So on a day like today, he's saluting them. What we haven't got here is all the extended cousins and cousins of cousins and that sort of thing that we, we, we used to see at perhaps a birthday parade. I think underlying the messaging here is, you know, this is today's a, a, a day about the monarchy rather than about me myself. 
Yes, very interesting point. And I suppose such a special day when those uh, those youngsters have been involved. You want to say a sort of thank you. Oh yeah, they've been working there's today. There's a deal of pressure <laughs> on those youngsters to go out there and behave well. Also very interesting to see. Well, there we are. Oh. Away from two very popular people. <laughs> Not in a wheelbarrow around the garden today. Something altogether different. And here we see, John, the helicopters coming in. Yes. Through the clouds, through the rain, they've made it. Exactly, they've battled through. So this is the, the first of five formations of helicopters we'll have ahead of the Red Arrows. And what you're seeing is a formation, uh, the, the first ones were a formation of three Juno helicopters, sort of training helicopters from number one flying training school. Um, and interestingly, on the second of those helicopters is Squadron Rich Allison, who was actually one of uh, Prince William's flying instructors when he was going through his helicopter training. So there's a nice raw connection there. And also interesting that these, uh, the helicopters can fly lower, so that's one of the reasons it's safe for them. They can, and, and they have slightly different rules when it comes to cloud base and, and how close to the weather they can get because of their slower speed. Right, and even though it's very rainy then, it's not too dangerous for them today? Uh, it, it's within the safety limits. It, it's right on the edge, which is why unfortunately we couldn't get the other aircraft, but, but absolutely within limits for the helicopters and for the Red Arrows. And so they're coming right overhead, right over the palace. Everybody looks up. And so at the top of the screen. Sorry, go ahead. No, so I was, I was, the top of the screen there was, was the army formation, so a, a Wildcat and two of the uh, AH-64s. So they're coming over now. So we've got formations initially from the, the Navy, then the Army, then the Royal Marines, and then finally the Royal Air Force. And the King and the Prince of Wales both looking up there and understanding both as helicopter pilots. That's interesting. It is. They know what it takes. Well, we've got the first monarch who can fly a helicopter. Um, he was, uh, he, in, in his naval days, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he, he, was, uh, he was actually a very good Wessex helicopter Indeed, pilot. Yes. He was top of his class, so he knows uh, what, what's going through their minds. And, of course, the, the, the Prince of Wales uh, has flown many helicopters, so there's a lot of expertise up there. If, if they're flying the wrong way, I'm sure they won't just uh, hear about it from their immediate bosses. Now, you see, everybody else is tilting their heads up, apart from the King and Queen, but, of course, they've got, they've got something to be mindful of, so it's just eyes up for them. What an occupational hazard of the head that wears the crown is you can't, either, you can't look down, as the Queen used to say, you've got to read your speech looking straight ahead. So they're making a, a fair sound. We can see the windows of the, the palace there even having a little shudder as those helicopters went past. And one of the things that I certainly wondered today is how would the crowds be? Would it be a huge crowd? And, and we have a very, a very definite answer, Robert Hartman, in that. Yeah, we do. I mean, the, the crowds aren't as big as they as as, as they possibly could be because um, uh, because of the new sort of uh, system they have for, for sealing off the processional area. Um, you haven't got as many people in the immediate area. But here's here's the, the big yes. Moment. Here's the big moment. Here's the main event. Absolutely. So the Red Arrows, because they are a professional display team, they can work to. Uh, greater weather limits than the other aircraft who have unfortunately been unable to join us. So we do get a chance to see the iconic Red Arrows and their red, white and blue as they come down the mound, which just looks fantastic. What a scene. They're currently in their 59th season. They've got another 60 displays to do this year. And where are those displays? Are they all over the world or do they tend to be in the British Isles? So the majority in the British Isles, but they do go all over the world. And this is the moment.
that was a wonderful moment, an iconic moment, and it would have been a great shame if the weather had put stop to what really is a sort of seal on the day, I think, John, don't you? That sort of visual spectacle of something that we come to know and be, be in awe of and also be very fond of, that spectacle of the Red Arrows. Absolutely. The armed forces giving a round of applause. And in we go. A day that really Robert Ireland couldn't have gone more to plan, apart from the weather, but it is Britain. And it, it is the spring. It is a coronation. <laughs> it is the coronation. You know, and as the King said yesterday when asked about the weather, he said, it's a blessing. And look at him, he's, he's, he's absolutely delighted by that. You know, that, as I said, you know, this is his first time. It's, it's so important. Three, two, one. Introducing Dogfish Head's new canned cocktails. Culinary crafted and distilled over real fruit for real flavor. With two foolproof shots in every can. Keep it real with Dogfish Can Cocktails. Find your new favorite Dogfish Can Cocktail at dogfish.com. Dogfish Head Distilling Company, Milton, Delaware. Please drink responsibly. Progressive presents an ad from Mom. When you bundle your home and auto insurance with Progressive... Bundle. That's a cute word. What? Read it again? Okay. When you bundle your home and auto insurance with Progressive, you get round-the-clock protection. Oh, that's darn good. Because once my sister Dottie, my older sister Dottie, her basement flooded. Get round-the-clock protection when you bundle and save with Progressive. It's easier than getting your mom to make this radio ad. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. These firsts as a, as a moment, you know, your first Christmas broadcast, your, your, your first cenotaph, and now, you know, this, this he's, he's, his first appearance on the balcony. He'll never come back on the balcony wearing all that again. The next time we see him will be probably next month at the, at the birthday parade, you know, the more traditional balcony moment. But uh, I think, you know, he can look back on today as, as, as a day that you know, this, is, this is very much the punctuation marks of, of our national life is, 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 is set by these moments. So. And uh, King Charles and standing with him, Queen Camilla, a day that many people believed we would never see. Yes, absolutely. I think a, a, a great moment for, for, for her, and now, now absolutely the Queen. I mean, that's, that's as, as, as she's going to be known from now on. And, and I think, you know, at the start of the reign, there were one or two people who thought perhaps, you know, maybe this is some sort of, this is going to be a bit of a sort of caretaker reign, really, you know, because he's, he is, as been said earlier today, he's the oldest monarch to be crowned that we've ever had. He'll be 75 later this year. But I think what he's done today, he's, he's stamped his mark on this. And, you know, it, it's, it won't be one of the longest reigns. It's, it just can't be. But yes. it's going to definitely have a personality. Um, and we've seen that already with, with a number of the sort of small things he's done. I mean, you see, things are changing inside that palace. Uh, it, I mean, it's very nice to see the balcony back in action because actually that's been a, a building site, the other side of those windows for, for the last year. They've had to put floorboards down today just to get everybody out there. Um, but, you know, thing, things are changing. They're changing, um, you know, in, in, in incrementally. It's, it's not a sort of big overnight thing, but he, he definitely has his own ideas for this institution that we celebrate today. And Air Commodore Lyle, as, as you watched the military earlier to uh, the Royal Salute in Bucket, did you get a chance to see that? I oh, did, yes. yes. Uh, I, I thought that was maybe one of the absolute highlights of the day, to hear that three cheers. Absolutely, and it, and it absolutely fills you up uh, as someone who's serving in the military, the opportunity to see your monarch to be involved in something of such national importance. And it, it's the sort of day that people will never forget. 
we're getting an encore. It must be coronation day. And I would say, Robert Harkin, the king looks, I suppose entirely understandably, very relaxed. That is a that is a huge responsibility to have a successful coronation, not only that people come out onto the streets for, but actually that just simply goes well in terms of the logistics, because the amount of input, the amount of planning, and the amount of pressure is enormous. It is enormous. It's, it's, I mean, it, I likened it earlier to a wedding day. It is. It's the day the monarch, if you like, is sort of married to the people. There's all that stress. Now it's sort of downtime. One of the most charming scenes from the Queen's coronation were those pictures afterwards of, of, of what goes on in the palace. And now they're going to go back inside for photographs. I'd love to see those photographs. Uh, uh, it, was, it was actually back in 1953. One of the maids of honour had to stop the king there, age four, grab that crown off a table and running off with it. So I wonder if Prince Louis is going to reprise that role now. He's got that uh, look about him, hasn't he, let's be honest. He's definitely up to something. But that's nice. There's the Queen just patting him, saying that, well done. And, uh, and, and, and as you said... watch those robes there. They were about to walk through a building site. And that sight in those ermine robes with the crowns on, that, we're not going to see that again. No, that's Coronation Day. That's the only day that that happens. And uh, it's, it's why this is so unique. I mean, as, as, as David was saying earlier, you, know, you, you really have to be in your 80s or 90s, to have seen this sort of thing with your own eyes before. Um, and let's talk a little bit then about continuity, because surely that might be one of the reasons that people have trudged out on not the best day, to stand in the rain and to be... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Part of it all and to put on the Union Jack bowler hats and <laughs> have a few beers. You know, it is, it is a, about tradition, a lot of it. It's about tradition, it's continuity. I thought one of the most striking things was a new addition to this very, very ancient service. Right at the start, it, be it began, you know, not with a prelate, not with the Archbishop of Canterbury, it began with a 14-year-old boy effectively saying to the king, uh, that chorister, Andrew Strachan, effectively saying, why are you here? What are you doing here? And he said, I'm here to serve. I think that, that was such an important uh, preface, if you like, to the, the whole thing. Throughout this immense grandeur and tradition, we've just seen this sort of note of, of kind of humility all day, just just, just from my constitutionally, uh, religiously, just just sort of explaining where this king belongs in the in, in, in the sort of national landscape, if you like. Yes, he's the head of state. Yes, he's the king, but he's there to serve us too. Uh, Anita Rani is uh, on the mail. She's having a chat. Let's go back and find out who she's talking to. Anita. Yes, Kirsty, I am on the mall. I think I have had the best seat in the house all day on the iconic Red Road that has seen numerous processions, ceremonies, weddings, funerals, and now, after 70 years, a coronation. And it's been about the people down here. And, well, we could just ask the people, have you had a good time? Yeah. We've seen all the hats, we've seen all the outfits, and people have travelled from all over the world to be here. 
And it's not just been about the crowds down here. Some of them have camped overnight. It's about all the volunteers as well, the armed forces, uh, St. John's Ambulance, the stewards that have made this whole day run like clockwork. And the biggest privilege that everyone here, including myself, have is that we can all say we were here to witness the coronation. So it's been a great day from the mall. Thanks very much, Anissa. Well, there we see the brollies are up. We can't dampen the spirits, but uh, it is dampening the hair. So the brollies are up, and people have had their moment, the moment of seeing the crowned king and queen on the balcony in their ermine robes at Buckingham Palace. It's not a day we will see again because it's unique to Coronation Day. And for all of those people that chose to be part of it, quite a scene indeed. Well, Robert Hartman and David Olashoga are here just, just to chat through. I mean, in a way, David, it's unfair of me to ask you to analyse because I suppose the thing about history is that we have to see it in a, great, a greater context, but that's what you're here for, so that's what I'm going to ask you to do. When you were looking at those scenes there, when you saw the King and Queen come out, what were your thoughts? In the 20th century, there were five coronations, an average of every 20 years. If you were to stretch it over the century, we haven't seen one since 1953. That re reanimation of a tradition that's lain dormant, but being there, we all knew it was inevitable, we knew it was coming. To actually see it is historic. Today we've been reminded of um, the deep religious history of the country, of the, well, there's been echoes of the 17th century in the oaths, the echoes of the medieval age in the, uh, in the other sacraments of the, of the coronation. That sense of continuity, that sense of tradition as an historian is absolutely fascinating. So it, in that level, I think it's been, it's, it is a remarkable thing to witness. Now it's done, now a new reign formally begins. Lots of questions about the, the monarch in Israel. Now they're, they're up for discussion, as they always are and always have been. Yes, well, let's have a little bit of a discussion about it because most of the people who, who you know, in, in the census, you know, answer the question of whether or not you're religious, we've seen at the heart of today this religious ceremony, most people in Britain say, no, they're not churchgoers anymore. They're not Christian. You know, we have lots of different faiths as well. We saw them represented in the ritual of today. Do you think when you look at a day like today, it is really about being, above all else, nostalgic? Is that what you think it's about? I'm not sure. And I, I think nostalgia is loaded with, uh, with uh, pejoratives. It's inevitable. Yeah, it uh, is, yeah. I think tradition is a more useful, useful okay. word. I think what you saw today was a, a strong representation and a huge effort to show the diversity of faith within Britain, one of the things that's very different between the Britain of today and the Britain of 1953. I think it's more difficult with a thousand-year-old ceremony to, re to reflect the other thing you've mentioned, which is the fact that we are one of the most secular nations in the world. So you can have diversity of faith, but the lack of faith, which is a big factor in modern Britain, that's much harder to build into the ceremony. You can't, there's only so far you can modern a thousand-year-old ceremony without yes. it stopping being that ceremony. I mean, it's interesting, Robert Harbin, that we, we heard today, and we knew we were going to hear it, of course, Defender of the Faith. There was a time, I mean, was it in the early 90s when uh, the then Prince Charles put forward the idea that at his coronation he would be Defender of Faiths? So, well, that's very clearly been rolled back, and, and uh, you know, it's been, it was made clear, and I think, you know, over time he maybe realised that as, as somebody who was head of the Church of England, that was not necessarily the most appropriate 
approach. No, but I think it was I think it was an aspiration when he said it was back in 1994. Golly, I mean, yeah, how long ago was that? Nearly 30 years. But it was it was uh, it was how he viewed the role. And actually, um, the late Queen articulated that herself in 2012 at her Diamond Jubilee. She she made a speech to faith leaders at Lambeth Palace, and she talked about how she felt that the, you know the monarch had a duty to protect. And 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 the same uh, the same applies now. It's 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 I think it, that that oath, that sort of extra pre-oath oath, if you like, that we heard in the Abbey today, where the Archbishop says, you know, it's, it, your role is to allow is to help people to worship freely, and and and, and the King said, I will. So I, it was sort of there. It wasn't explicit, but it's very much understood that that's part of the role of a 21st century monarch is we may live in a more secular society, but he is there to, to protect the rights of everybody, of any faith and none, to think as they wish and, and worship as they wish. And David, do you think, you know, in terms of a modern monarchy, and of course the House of Windsor has uh, managed to survive because it's very good at changing incrementally, slowly, taking the mood, seeing what's acceptable, seeing what's not, our king... Our new king, do you think he gets it? Do you think he has a sense of how to propel the monarchy forward and, and change things? Well, I think when we analyse things he said when he was the Prince of Wales, we have to remember he knew he was the Prince of Wales, and things he felt able to say then he wouldn't say now as king. And he's quite been clear about the fact that he understands the limits of the role and that he was in a different role previously. Um, the, to an extent, you can't modernise a monarchy because it is a monarchy. And that hereditary principle is one that many people will never be comfortable with. But the majority of our fellow citizens in 2023 are comfortable with this being the way that we choose a head of state. They um, revel in the, the ceremonies and the tradition. The people here, this is a huge event in their lives, something that they care deeply about. Um, the challenge, I think, is to, is to reach out to the people who aren't just obsessed with history and tradition like myself, who yes. aren't here because they love the monarchy. A lot of people just feel sort of neutral about the, about the monarchy. Not that they're opposed to it or they're desperate for it to become a republic. They just don't feel very much. And that's a, potentially an opportunity for the new king to find a way of being a monarch and being a monarchy that reaches out to them. Robert, what are your thoughts on that? No, I, I think Dave is absolutely right. I mean, I think the, the, the greatest threat to a modern monarchy, it's not, it's not going to be the mob storming the palace. It's, it's, it's relevance, or rather irrelevance. Yes, indifference from in, people. Indifference and then irrelevance. It's that moment people wake up one morning and say, well, why are you still here? You know, you've got to keep, uh, not exactly reinventing, you've, got to keep, you've just got to keep at it. And it's not a brand of toothpaste. You can't just relaunch it with a new slogan. You know, when you have a, a new reign, you, you have to keep doing what you've always done. But what, what, you know, what the monarchy does do is it's, it's out there every day. We don't always read about it, but you know, it's on, they're on their away dates. They're going around the world. I, I mean, I was in, in, in Germany with the king the other day, and you saw how he went down there. I mean, it wasn't huge news here, but it was when he addressed the German parliament in German, that made an impact. You know, it goes back to this, this, this point that I think it does help this country sort of punch slightly above its weight. It's what we, we are, as, as David says, most people are entirely happy with this, this, this um, constitutional arrangement. It, it may not make sense, but it's, it's, it's the one that we, we, we have and we're very proud of it. Um, uh, but it's got to earn its keep, and, and I, I'm quite sure that he knows that. The complacency is something... You know, we're not going to see. It was so interesting. Just the day after his mother died, day after the Queen's death, um, when everyone was slightly sort of lost, he was right on it. You know, addressing the nation. We didn't hear from 
Elizabeth II, she didn't address the people for 10 months after she became queen until the Christmas broadcast. He was, he was doing it right away. You know, he was immediately off round, touring the country, going to the home nations. He is, uh, I've said it before, but he is a, he's, a, he's a king in a hurry. Um, but he, he, he's, he's definitely, this is not a caretaker reign. This is, this is a, a man on a mission. Well, his wife has said of him, uh, the thing about him is he wants to save the world. You know, he is, he is somebody who is propelled by that need to make change. I mean, on the one hand, you could say, well, that's admirable. On the other yes. hand, you can say he's, he's given himself quite a job there. Well, the world certainly needs, needs saving. <laughs> there's, no, there's no question about that. Um, I'd, I'd like to think that he'll find ways of modernizing the world. I'd like to think he'd find ways of reaching out to people who have that indifference, as Robert said. Indifference is the ultimate kryptonite for, for a monarchy. Um, but I, I, you know, I do think it's a challenge, and I think we need to, to recognize that one of the great strengths that they have is that many people look at our politics and they think, well, maybe this is a more balanced way um, of, of representing a, a wider um, cross-section of the population. We've had a year with three prime ministers we've not made the best case for an alternative over the past few months. Um, so I think we have to wish him well and hope that there are ways of modernizing and that he's capable of finding them. Uh, let's talk, sorry, you want to say something? Well, I just thought that reminded me of a, of a very, it's a very good point, David. There was a, there was a, a rather good tweet in, in that, that extraordinary week. Someone said, uh, there's a pint of milk in my fridge. It, it's seen two prime ministers. <laughs> Uh, and, and two monarchs, <laughs> and it's still going strong. And, and, and you just saw, actually, there is something to be said. You know, a country that can change its head of state and its head of government in three days, it happened in three days, without an angry word, without a shot being fired, without any sort of you know, unrest or disorder, let alone uh, riots. You know, th 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 there is something to be said for that stability, that continuity. And you do, I've, I've sort of noticed it over the years, you know, traveling around the world with the royal family, they do represent a sort of continuity, particularly in countries that have had a lot of turmoil, and they look at what that over there represents, and they're rather, you know, they're, they're quite envious, actually. And the case that is put also is that, uh, yes, and, you know, one, one might decry the current state of politics either here or anywhere else in the world, given the state that many places are in, is that in having a monarchy, it is something that floats above it, and therefore people can automatically not necessarily respect one monarch or another, but respect the fact that we have it there, that it feels solid and it doesn't feel that it's grubbing around in the gutter for our vote. And when the politicians are having a, a, a punch-up or there's, some, there's great turmoil over the road or there's an interregnum electorally, you know, we're, 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 we're in, a, in a hung parliament situation, whatever it might be, at least the people know that, you know, things, are, that all those arms of the state, they don't owe their allegiance to whoever's in number 10. They owe their allegiance to, to a different entity that's not going anywhere. And, and that, that is, it, it, it's not something we think about every day, but it's there. And I think it's, it, it does, it's, it's part of that sense of continuity and stability that we may take for granted. We may, we may only register it subconsciously, but at least we feel that, you know, everything's going to work okay. Uh, David O'Shoga, one of the most interesting legacies of the King's time as Prince of Wales is, is the Prince's Trust, of course, it's still ongoing. And I touched on this a little bit with, with, with David Lammy earlier today, which is a million people so far it's helped. And it was set up, I believe I'm right in saying this, Robert, when the Prince was in his late 20s, mid to late 20s. Yeah, he used the right? contents of his Royal Navy pension to, to get it going in, in, in the mid-70s. And it is set up to help not just people who want to help uh, start their own businesses, who might not be thought of a as a good bet for a loan, people who want to get back into education, who want to re-engage with their skills. It's very interesting that he chose something. As somebody who you would consider to be the very sort of epitome, personification of the establishment, 
to reach out to people who are disenfranchised, to those who feel on the outside. What do, what do you make of that? I think it shows an astuteness um, that um, hopefully we're going to see a lot more of. But I think it's also not historically aberrant. Monarchs have often realised that one of their ways of legitimising their role of of centering themselves in our conversation is to be aware of inequality in a hereditary system being aware of the disadvantage that many people are born into I think is a natural response Queen Victoria raised a huge amount of money um, for charity during the Irish famine there's right. this, this uh, other monarchs have been aware of the cost of coronations and have been wanted them to be toned down this idea that um, being aware of these social issues it, it's not a new phenomenon it's not something new to, the, to our current king how interesting and yes a coronation in the middle of a cost-of-living crisis, which day-to-day -day for a lot of British mm. people is a very, very real thing. Do you think the coronation that we saw today managed the balancing act of giving something splendid but at the same time being scaled down and, and, and not gratuitous? It's a, very, it's a very fine line they have to tread because, uh, you know, as David says, there are some people who will be looking at this today and saying, what a complete waste of money. But um, you stand back from it and think, well, this is... This is goes to the heart of what we are as a country. We, we have huge events, whether it's, you know, FA Cup finals or parades or, or we, 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 host, we host many big things. So um, I, I think something goes to the heart of what we're about. We've got to do it properly. Um, in, in, in 1953, the country was in a far worse state. We were on rations. People couldn't afford to buy or couldn't buy meat because it was being rationed. Um, and, and at the time, there was a debate, you know, should we really be having this big event at a time of post-war austerity? And actually, most people said, yeah, we should because, you know, we, we, th th this, this matters. We need to do it properly. There's nothing worse than a pared-down, scaled-down sort of coronation on the cheap. As, as Churchill said, you can't have a coronation with bailiffs in the house. He wanted to do it properly. And I feel today we, we, you know, we have struck the right balance. It could have been much bigger. We could have filled the abbey with, with 8,000 seats instead of the 2,000 we had. We could have had all sorts of um, bells and whistles. But I, I think they've, they've called it right. Thank you to you both for all your insight, for your knowledge, for your historical references. I've learned a lot, and it's been wonderful to share the day with you. Such an important day. Thank you to you both. Thank you. Well, there we are. I've never seen anything quite like it, and I imagine neither have you. What a day. History unfolding in front of our very eyes. The man born in that palace just behind me more than seven decades ago. Today, finally, meeting his destiny and stepping out onto its balcony, crowned king. He greeted the crowds we saw there with a warm smile, cementing his relationship as their sovereign, and by his side to support him, his queen and heirs. And that roar of approval from the crowd on the mouth seemed to tell us something about the joy that this Coronation Day has brought to so many. They'll doubtless tell their families in decades to come. Macy's One Day Sale is going on now with deals of the day on gifts mom will love, like fine jewelry selections to make her day sparkle, 35 to 70% off. Shoes, handbags, and more spring accessories, 30 to 50% off. And summer-ready dresses for any occasion, $49.99 to $99.99. Plus, get contact-free curbside pickup or pickup in-store at Macy's. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Dr. Rick here with another telltale sign you're turning into your parents, getting particular about your drive through order. Don't pull away yet. I like to check the bag because one time they forgot to give me extra ketchup. People are waiting. Hmm, I'm only seeing four nuggets. Bop, bop, bop. Wait, nope, there's five. Progressive can't help you from becoming your parents, but we can help you compare rates on home insurance with HomeQuote Explorer. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. I was there. The arcane ceremony in the Abbey, that exquisite music, the priceless jewels and magnificent carriages were dazzling. A reminder, maybe, that however much the world changes, tradition and ritual and ceremony still play an essential part in bringing us together in a spirit of celebration and community. The king pledged his sacred oath and wore an ancient crown, but all in the presence of a very modern congregation, environmental campaigners, charity volunteers, war veterans, and even a few spangly superstars in its midst. All witness to the beginning of a new era for Britain and the Commonwealth. And as that sea of happy faces and fluttering union flags took over the centre of London, many millions around the country and the world will have doubtless tuned in to see the spectacle, including that remarkable parade where our military did what it does so well, gilding the occasion with unrivaled pomp and pageantry. Today, so much of the United Kingdom in all its splendid variety has seemed unified in celebration on a day that's been well, fit for a king. Thank you so much for joining us and for now. Bye-bye. justice in mercy to be executed in all your judgment. I will.
Joy News, your most credible news source, is available on Digital TV, Multi TV, DSTV Channel 421, Go TV Channel 144, and also streaming on MyJoyOnline.com. and thrilling podcasts and live shows download and listen to us on apple spotify tune in google podcast my joy online amazon services like echo amazon music and audible stitcher adam online overcast and pandora take note of everything sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated we've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation Oh no, we are out of range. Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alex in my bag. Alex, what? Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits Radio, Radio Joy 99.7. Listen to Joy FM, Hits FM, Love FM. Live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM. Or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying, Alexa, play. And then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. And we are back like we never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. When the happy singer doesn't look happy. You were singing happy and you weren't happy. And the praise singer doesn't get the praise from the judges. I don't like it at all. You should know there is tension building up. This week on Cues and Lyrics, contestants are tasked to sing Ghanaian songs. Who takes over from Trey Gun, a star performer for the Freestyle Challenge? Trey Gun was tops this evening. Which of these contestants has impressed?